Hi, I'm John Vergara. And I'm Paula Vergara. And you are listening to the sixth episode of the Probably Speaking podcast. So, hey, what have you been up to lately? Well, you know, jetting around the globe as I always am. Right. I was in Rome recently, um, stuck in a Sheraton in the outskirts <laughs> of Rome for 18 hours a day. Great. Really kind of more of a tease than anything. Right. Um, and then I was in Florida visiting you. Florida. Okay. Right? It was good to catch up. Our listeners may not know this about you, but you are very skilled at opening a bottle of wine with an electric drill. Well, you know, I I, uh, am skilled with bottles of wine in general. (laughs) However, um, you know, when push comes to shove, uh, you, you know... It demands uh, creative thinking. So uh, yeah. I think I learned using an electric drill from watching the Property Brothers, Property obsessing Brothers. about I their love crazy that show. show and love yes, it. it's good stuff. And thanks for letting me drive around in your very expensive rental car from that unnamed uh, rental company that no one's ever heard of. Advantage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a ripoff. I will not be using them again. Of course, I can't name the names. Advantage. But... <laughs> Um, right. I won't be using them again. Yeah, they yeah. they really stuck it to me. You should try Hertz the next time. That's why I usually go or Avis. Yeah, yeah. I know it's boring. Oh, well. Hey, here's <laughs> something really random that I learned recently. Did you know that if you wave a twenty dollar bill in front of someone who is crying, or even better, a fifty dollar bill, they will stop crying immediately? Really? Yep. Just a little nugget of knowledge to start the show. Hmm. Well, you know, I'd be happy to, you know, for 50 bucks, I'd be happy to cry. So <laughs> let's test that out. <laughs> I didn't but, say I'd give it to you. I didn't say I'd give oh. you the money. I would just wave it in front of you. Oh, that's very different. Yeah. Okay. Right. Uh, interesting. But, you know, what if someone really needs to cry? I mean, like an ugly cry. Yeah, well, I suppose it depends on the circumstances. I mean, probably not a good idea to wave money in front of people at a funeral. <laughs> Or someone who just lost their dog, but um, yeah, yeah. If it's just like wasted tears, like I hate my job, kind of cry, or I got stood up by some idiot at a restaurant, then uh, yeah, for sure, break out the cash just to help somebody, just to get them beyond that. (laughs) Right. I'll I'll file that under Paula's interesting and odd tips. (laughs) It's a growing list. Uh, I'm sure your our listeners will appreciate that list. We'll publish that soon. Well, you never know. (laughs) Could be a, could be a, a whole episode. Bestseller. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so moving on. So our listeners out there, um, remember in the last episode when my big-brained brother was hogging the microphone to talk about his harrowing stories in, abroad in Spain? You know the the uh, the coup attempt in Madrid. Yeah. Well, arriba, arriba. Yeah, I actually have a few of my own Spain stories to tell. Believe it or not. Oh, so you're going to one up me now. Always. It's my mission in life. Yeah. I mean, you're the oldest Let's, brother. It's, but, you know. Okay. The gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> Let's hear it. <laughs> okay. So this story goes back a few years when I was about 15 or so. And you were, I think, uh, out of college and living in New York at the time. eight years to that. Yes. Yeah, you were. You didn't know what was going on with me. I so was, I was not on a family trip. All expenses paid. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> so the. At that age, our parents um, decided to take um, our sister and I uh, on our first trip to Spain 
uh, back to our dad's hometown in Villamalaya in the La Mancha area. And the goal was to get a taste of our family history and get to know our Spanish relatives a little bit better, who, by the way, yeah. didn't speak a word of English. Yeah, didn't even try. Right? <laughs> yeah. You know how that goes. Yeah, don't get me started on yeah. that one. So, fortunately, we weren't planning on spending the entire trip in Villamalaya. Uh, we had plans to travel to Ibiza, which is a small island uh, off the East Coast, uh, which I found out later is more like a Vegas by the sea type of place. Uh, you know, lots of speedos oh, yeah. and Ibiza. naked people. Uh, but we'll get into that later in the story. Huh? <laughs> a little disco sound, sorry. Right, right. Yeah. For a 15-year-old, it was, it was uh, shocking. But anyway, we'll get to that later. Yeah. I've never been to Ibiza so I can't really verify um, that Vegas by the sea statement, but from what I've heard, that's fairly spot on. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy place. Lots of, uh, especially in the the, the, the towns, the yes, you know, right where the discos are. Right. I don't right. know what they call them. The clubs. The clubs. <laughs> so upon arrival um, in Spain, we had been warned by relatives that the roads in Spain, in particularly in that area, in early in the morning, were quite dangerous. Um, because it's mostly dirt roads and, you know, no lights and, you know, it's, it's, you're going around mountains and it's, you just never know what's coming yeah. in the other direction. So if you're traveling at 5 a.m. when the sun is just coming up, uh, and you're traveling down these dirt roads, uh, there's a higher risk of accidents happening during those hours. But of course, our dad said, I'm a good driver. I'm not going to worry about it. We'll be, we'll be careful. <laughs> come on, come on, let's go. I can right. just hear him saying that. Right. Yeah. That's exactly what he said. <laughs> so I think we had a uh, 9 a.m. flight. Uh, we were driving, I think, my uncle's car, our uncle's car, uh, which was not, you know, anything fantastic, but, you know, it got us there. So I think it was maybe a two-hour drive, at, and at a certain point, we got to, we were driving around the side of a mountain, and all of a sudden, the traffic was backed up for about a half a mile or so, Um we were just around the corner from whatever was happening and traffic was at a standstill. So we were, we weren't going anywhere. Wow. Sounds like a afternoon in LA. Yep. LA traffic. Right. Yeah. So mom and dad were starting to freak out because we could not miss this flight to Ibiza. It was no way. You know, oh, yeah. It was, it was going to be this type of midsize, like puddle jumper kind of plane. And if we missed it, we probably would have to turn around and go back to our uncle's apartment and reschedule, and that would have yeah. thrown everything off, and it would have been a pain in the neck. Yeah. So, wow. and this is pre-cell phone and yes. everything. There's no way. There's no easy way to to reorganize something like this. No, 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 no. Oh my God. So the next thing you know, people people were getting out of their cars, uh, walking down this narrow dirt road around this mountain, asking in Spanish if anybody had any medical experience or there any doctors. Uh oh. Um, because there was a big accident that happened right around the corner. Mm -hmm. And apparently it was a truck that hit a van head on, and we had missed this accident by minutes. So, wow, the Vergara bubble strikes again. Right. Dare I mention it? Wow. <laughs> I remember that time I, you know, the Vergara bu bubble is for real. I, right. I missed my flight on 9 11 and was supposed to be flying on 9 12 yep. uh, for the next day. And, had I not, well, you know, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. So, you would have been on yeah. one of those flights. Yeah. So, so it hit the World Trade Center, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
That's crazy. So that was a bubble moment for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> if you listen to the last episode, you'll learn a lot more about the infamous Vergara bubble in our family. It's uh, it saved us many times. So anyway, back to my Spain story. Um, we were very close to this accident, as I mentioned. So of course, my dad, being a doctor, he immediately got out of the car and volunteered his services um, because he was a native of Spain and could speak the language. So yeah. he went to help out with the injured. Um, so he ran up to the accident around the corner. So we couldn't see him or what he was doing. And we were just sitting in the car for the next half hour, not knowing what the heck was going on or if, uh, you know, if we were going to miss our flight. Um, so obviously helping the injured in this accident was far more important than catching a flight on vacation. But, you know, as, as far as 15 year olds go, being self-absorbed and selfish as I was at yes. that age. Yes. I just wanted to lay on the beach and get a tan. You know, I didn't want to deal with this. So, right? Yeah. But at the same time, it. me being I, the type I met you then. Huh? You, you know me. Right. <laughs> so, me being the type of person even then who uh, needed to know what was going on, I was I had the journalist mindset even then, it was a natural reaction for me to want to just be in the middle of whatever was going on, however horrific it was and wanting to know all the details of what was happening. So, I what's asked going our, on here? Yeah, what's going on? What's going on? So I asked our mother if I could get out of the car and go see dad and see what he was doing. And to my surprise, she said yes. Yeah. Right? She's probably at that point secretly hoping you just kept walking. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I don't didn't know. Didn't Nancy, didn't our sister try to uh, stop you? Yes, our sister on Your the other older hand. older sister? Our sister was a little bit freaked out that I got out of the car. She was not excited yeah. about me leaving. But yeah. um, I went anyway because, you know, yeah. I inherited the stubborn gene. 15-year-old stubborn girl. Yeah. So I walked down to the accident, and oh boy, what an incredibly sobering experience. Yeah. There were so many people wow. walking around who had blood dripping from their foreheads or lying on the road. At one point, I heard a dog yelping uh in the back of that van that was struck and uh they apparently they couldn't get the dog out of the van because it, it was injured and trapped and me being a dog lover i thought i should go over and try to get that dog out because before i even had a chance before i even had a chance to think about it or how to help out i heard a i heard a gunshot uh, and then no more dog yelping yeah so someone had made a decision to put the dog out of its misery. Um, I suppose it was the right choice under the circumstances, but I, to be honest, that made my heart stop for a little bit. Yeah, I can imagine that was um, horrifying. I thought, yeah, I was kicking myself. I, if I had just acted sooner, I, maybe I could have saved the dog, but, you know. The dog must have been really yeah. suffering yeah. for them to do that. Right. So anyway, I was looking over and I saw our dad who was over by that the the truck that was part of the accident. And um, when I had just come onto the scene, uh, he had, I mean, just a few seconds earlier, I had put a white sheet over the driver who had been ejected from his truck upon impact, and he died Oof. instantly. Um, I didn't see what he looked like, but I could tell from the form of the white sheet that his legs were wrapped over his head. Oh, my God. Right? So wow. I was thankful that I didn't see him without the sheet. By, I, by I like I would have had to go into therapy for many years after that. <laughs> I can imagine. Right. So 
our dad had to pronounce this man dead at the scene. Um, and just after doing that, he looked up and saw me, his youngest child, 15-year-old, and he yelled out my name and told me to get the hell out of there and get back to the car immediately because he was terrified. He thought I was I would be traumatized by by seeing all of that, uh, which yeah, isn't so um, far from the truth. Hard. Yeah, of course. But, um, <laughs> but he probably also was like, well, she, if she's going to see it. She's going to see it now. Right, right. Wow. What what so what do you think are some of the things that really stood out to you most from that experience? I know what I got out of it was an even greater appreciation for our dad, uh what he and what he did for a living and yeah. uh yeah, yeah, you know as well as proud. I do growing up in the in the 70s and 80s, he would be called into the ER at two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning yeah. on a regular uh, basis, not knowing what he was walking into and then he'd come home yep. sleep for three hours and go back to work for Good. a full day. Yeah. So I, I would say his willingness as a human being to help others in their time of need really uh, just verified in my mind what a heroic person he was mm -hmm. and how well suited he was to that type of job. Yeah. Um, he was the type of person who could handle pressure and handle stress better, probably better than anyone I knew, I knew maybe equal to our mother and, yep. and maybe that's the reason why they were, so, who was a nurse, by the way. And maybe that's the reason why they were so well suited as husband and wife. They were just very, mm -hmm. they were very good at, at managing stress. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. And I, I, mom would talk about that when we were kids about, you know, you know, don't bother your father. He's had a stressful day. And what we didn't realize is that he had probably lost one or two people on the table that day. Right. That he was unable to save. And we had no perspective no, into that. Nothing, nothing. Nothing. We just know, oh, he probably, you know, someone yelled at him or something. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what went through my head is like, right. what, what could cause him stress? I mean, yeah. what? I don't understand. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I get it. I get yeah. it. They were both great. Right. Uh, they both are great. Yes. Er and taught us some great, great survival skills yes. that they taught us as well. For sure. Not so much with camping. <laughs> Yeah, we don't camp. We don't camp. I'm sorry. Unless we there's a trailer camp. involved, we don't camp. No, even trailers was pushing it. <laughs> so anyway, so back to the Spain. We story. do really nice hotels. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway, so they eventually cleared the road where we were. Um, and honestly, one of the saddest parts of the story, um, aside from the dog being shot, was yeah. the people in the van were a bride and groom. No. Yes. And from, from what I remember uh, hearing, uh, they were on their way to the, either on their way to their wedding or doing wedding preparations and didn't survive that they horrible both accident. Died. Yep. Like in some ways, that's you know that's yep. the preferable horrible result that you would hope for. Because imagine if just one of them survived. Yeah, that would be terrible. Wow. Yep. yep. It's so, so hard. Lives it's hard to hear about that. Yeah, right quickly. in front of you. Huh? That must have that must have been a little wake up call. Yes. A little smack across the, the cheek of that 15-year-old. Yes, yes. That was a reality check that I didn't expect. Yeah, so wow. So when I got back to the car, uh, mom saw me looking pale as a ghost, as expected, and said, so are you Here happy now? Did, did you see? Oh, uh, there it is. Did you see what you wanted to see? So it was kind of an I told you so moment for her. Oh, yeah. So, which I don't know if she... Uh, 
Are you satisfied? I don't know if she enjoyed that or not, but I, I'm not sure if I responded or just maybe, I think I just stared out the window. I'm sure. Like, yeah, You're I don't probably know. in shock. So dad got back into the car shortly after I, I had hightailed it out of there. Um, so the road was finally cleared and we drove off and we were running incredibly late and at serious yeah. risk of missing our flight as a result of this whole situation. So of course, dad drove like a crazy man to the airport and it was a really tiny airport in the middle of nowhere. And when we pulled into the parking lot, you could see our plane taxiing down the runway. And Dad was like, okay, we are not missing this flight, damn it. That's it. Uh, oh, no. So. <laughs> what did he do? So we jumped out of the car and ran uh, into the airport lobby, covered in blood from treating people at the scene of the oh accident. Oh, my gosh. He didn't change shirts? No. No, there's no time. <sighs> Oh my God. So he was, you know, he was yelling in Spanish something like, We need to get on this flight. There was an accident. I'm a doctor. Like a madman. Turn the plane around right now. Dope. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he, he threw his weight around a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Doc, Dr. Vergara. Dr. Vergara did. Yeah. So believe it or not, <laughs> the airport stopped that airplane from taking off and it, the plane turned around and came back. Wow. And gathered you all. Yes, they're like we we have to stop. It was like the king of Spain is here. We got we got. Did you have blood on you? No, oh just dad. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that was the kind of power that dad had. Fortunately, yeah. Um, there's a bit of humor to the story. Um, so we got out of the car, we got our luggage out, and we got onto the flight. And dad got on first, and I was right behind him. And there were a bunch of passengers on the flight who saw dad covered in blood. And people were looking at him like, why is this guy covered in blood? <laughs> a natural response, right. I would say. Right. So me being the snarky 15-year-old that I was, uh, I was right behind him. And I said in English very loudly, don't mess with my dad. Don't mess with my dad. <laughs> I'm not sure if they understood what I was saying in English, but uh, I had a good laugh out of that. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. <laughs> So we made it to Ibiza finally, and there was a whole series of other unfortunate misadventures that we had on that trip. We witnessed another accident within 10 minutes of arriving at our hotel. We were just... What? The same day? Same day. We were looking out the window of our hotel, just sitting there trying to get get situated, and yeah. there was a construction crew outside, and the back of the truck fell on a guy's head. What? Yeah. And he you was rushed, dead. rushed to the hospital. Without yeah. a head. Yeah. No, he had a head. It's just, it just was, yeah. And there was another guy on a motorcycle. We, were, we got in the car and we're driving around Ibiza. There was a guy on a motorcycle who was in front of us and we asked him for directions. But then when he drove up in front of us again, he got hit by a car at the next intersection. Uh, I was like, this, this this whole trip is cursed. This is ridiculous. Oh, my God. Not a you good. I just wanted to be like, I'm just going to stay here in the room. Right. I'm right. good. I'm yep. good. But we finally did get some beach time after all that. So this is where the Speedos and the naked people come into play. Oh, nice. <laughs> so our parents uh, and my sister and I each, we rented um, two paddle boats, my parents on one and my sister and I on the other. God, so we were just paddling paddle around the ocean and there were these two guys in another paddle boat that were paddling towards us. And the closer they got to us, we realized they were both completely naked. <laughs> so keep in mind that I was 15, my sister was 18. So wow, we this panicked. Is like the mid 80s. Yeah, 
We panicked and immediately started paddling in the opposite direction. So, of course, uh, Dad was peeing in his pants laughing. Uh, <sighs> Mom, not so much. <laughs> so, Peppy. Uh, <laughs> that was kind of an eye-opener for me, um, to say the least. Uh, but we managed to get back to Vimalaya in one piece after that trip, to, uh, thankfully. <sighs> but, man, that, wow. was, that was quite a trip. So, when you look back on that, what, I mean... You tell that story now, many years later. Right. I mean, what does that, if, you know, what if impacted that whole, you know, series of things, horrible things right. have on you long term? During my formative years. Well, um, even just even longer. Right. Those, long that, I mean, term, it happened yeah. during formative years. But, you know, when you look back at that, is, was that a good thing? Was that a bad thing or something in between? Well, I, I think it gave me a broader view of the world and a firsthand look at the lack of resources available in some of the more rural areas of Spain, uh, yeah. for example, there was no ambulance on the scene of this accident at any point. Wow. Wow. Um, because there were no cell phones. There was no internet. Yeah. It was early in the yeah. morning. Um, how, would, how would they call? Right. So someone uh, drove the bride and groom to the hospital, who in the end did not survive. Uh, I'm not sure who those people were. Uh, this, wow, that's got to be a mess. Right. So <laughs> I guess the lesson learned is if you're in a situation like this and you're in a position to help, you should help. That's what you learned. Right. And also don't rent the paddle boats in Ibiza. <laughs> Ever. Unless you want to see naked people. Right. I don't know. Right. But then you think about, oh, there are probably naked people sitting right where I'm sitting right now, rubbing their butts back and forth into the seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did I just add a little yeah. aspect to that stuff? No, that's a visual I didn't need. Okay. So, anyway, that's my story. Okay. Well said. Well, that's a fab fabulous story. Boy, you. you're, you're challenging me there. Look out. Yeah, right. Um, so, that's it. We'd like to thank everybody for listening to this episode of Probably Speaking. We hope these stories have inspired you to reminisce about your own family stories and their impact on you. If you have some time, please give us a review at probablyspeaking.com and let us know what you think. Be sure to subscribe and listen for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.